0: Uh, The reading is from Luke, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
1: Over these past uh, few weeks of Advent, as we've been uh, coming towards Christmas, we've been thinking about uh, travelling light talking about letting go of some of the things in this world that hold us back spiritually. And today, uh, what I want to do is to let that reading from Luke chapter 1 speak to us about letting go of control. Now, here's where we need a little bit of honesty. It's Christmas time, so it's okay to be honest. How many of you would honestly say, that there's at least one area of your life, some of you, there'll be many more than that, but, you know, at least one area of your life where you love to be in control. Yeah. Uh, So so this kind of applies to all of us who are being honest, at least. Now, some of you might have been tempted to reach over and lift the hand of the person sitting next to you. (laughs) But there's just a reminder that uh, God is about to speak to you about letting go of control. In our reading today, we saw uh, that Mary uh, was greatly troubled by what the angel said. And I hope that we can agree that that's an understandable reaction. I mean, if you're just going about your daily business and uh, an angel appears in front of you, well, that, that's bad enough. I mean, of course you would kind of react to that. But when that angel gives you this message that's going to completely and utterly change your life, but also the lives of everyone else, you can understand, I think, why it says she was greatly troubled. Another version says that she was confused and disturbed by the message that the angel brought. But she tried to think then what on earth the angel uh, was meaning by the message that she had received. And maybe some of you here today or watching online are confused about something that's going on in your life. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, I wish this wasn't happening. Or, Why is this happening to me? I never thought I would experience this. You're disturbed. You're thinking, I can't handle this. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how to respond. I I want to take control of this, but I just don't know enough. I don't know how to do it. I need to figure it out, though. I never thought that at this point in my life, I'd be dealing with this thing. Mary, was confused and disturbed. And the angel said to her, don't be frightened. Every time the angels appear in this story, they have to say, don't be frightened. (laughs) Because I suspect if we saw an angel, that would be the first response. But the message is always, don't be afraid. Don't be frightened. And he said, because you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name that's above every name. You'll call him Jesus. He will be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And Mary said to angel, "Well, how on earth can this happen? Because, you know, I, I, we're not married. I've not had sex yet. What's going on? I don't get that. What are you talking about? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And then Mary responded, well, hang on a minute. That's not very convenient for me. That that That's not in my five-year plan. I had other things that I was intending to do. And you've just come along here and you're saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not really up for that. I mean, I've bought the dress and everything. And at this rate, I'm going to be pregnant. when. I, and I mean, I want the photos to be good. Of course, she didn't say that. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me be true. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I suspect there are some of you sitting there thinking, ha, this is the perfect message for, insert name here. I'm so glad they're going to hear this one. And you're maybe thinking, no, no, I'm not controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. No, 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 I'm not controlling. I am just thoroughly organized. I want to tell you that some of you are wound up so tight you make coffee nervous. (laughs) And the problem is, the more you try to be in control, the more you fear losing control. And the more you fear losing control, the more you want to be in control. And that's why today I want to give you just one thought, one big idea to remember. Easy to remember, not easy to live out. To live out takes faith. But on the other side of your faith, I can promise you that you will always see the faithfulness of God. And the thought is this. You do not always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. You don't have the power to make that person do what you want. to to make her behave in the way that you think they should, to get your marriage where you want it to be, to get your finances sorted finally, to get your future just exactly lined up, to get your health where you want it, to have your kids doing exactly what you think they should do when you think they should. You do not have the power to control everything, but you do always, always, have the power to surrender. In the story, the angel appears uh, to the Virgin Mary, and lots of people hear that and think, oh, well, it, it was easy for her. I mean, after all, it's Mary. I mean, Mary, for, there's statues. I mean, there's statues for Mary. There's cathedrals for Mary. I mean, goodness, it's Mary we're talking about. Of course it must have been easy. And I, I would not go as far as some of uh, our brothers and sisters in venerating Mary, but I think in Protestant churches we go far too far the other way. I don't think it was in any way easy for Mary. But Mary was chosen by God, just as Noah and Abraham and Samson and Samuel and David and all the prophets were called by God. Because God had a plan and a purpose for Mary. And he saw in her heart that she loved him. And she wanted to serve him. But we also have to recognize that she was an ordinary, everyday teenager. We don't know how old she was. Some people say as young as 13, maybe up to 16 or 17. But we don't know, but she was a teenager. She had hopes and dreams, just like any other little girl. She was, at this point, dreaming about being married. And, of course, she's got a limited community to choose from. But imagine what she might have been expecting Wanted a guy with a few simple, basic qualities. Because really, that's all women are looking for. Just just the basics. You know, uh, someone who was most likely strong and handsome. Charming. Drove a nice donkey. You know, a newer model, because it would be reliable. Somebody who, uh, you know, had a good job. A man with a bright future. Someone with strong hands But a soft heart. Someone who was close to mum, but not a mummy's boy. (laughs) She wanted a guy who would be bold, but also humble. Decisive, but flexible. Well-groomed, but not obsessive. She wanted someone who had big goals, but was easygoing. Someone that made her feel safe, but was also a wee bit dangerous. Someone who liked chocolate-covered strawberries, long walks on the beach, and old movies. You get the thing, you know what I mean. And you, you do know that I'm making all that up. I'm just Putting that in there, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> this would be the man who would be the father of her children. But we have dreams, and she had dreams. Imagine, she's there, and she thinks, oh, we'll meet him. And he'll propose on the Bethlehem Bridge. And then, you know, the, the photographer will get us the perfect Instagram picture. Just I will get married at the Jerusalem gardens because, well, that's where you get married. And it will be perfect. Everything will just be wonderful. You know, whatever it is, they're going to have two two children, a boy and a girl, the boy named Joey Junior, and the girl named Eva or Olivia, something like that. You know, I haven't decided yet. Of course, they would have a dog and not a cat. They watch Netflix and chill, you know, hopes and dreams. And then an angel turns up and goes no no that's not how it's going to be for you because God has a different plan and a different purpose and so she is disturbed and confused many of us have a plan and hopes and dreams Even at my age, I still have plans and hopes and dreams. One day I might grow up and work them out. (laughs) Maybe you were done at two kids and then you got a wee surprise package. And you didn't see that coming. Or maybe the opposite is true. You'd hoped for children, but you found that never happened. Maybe you thought the job that you have was absolutely perfect when you took it. And now they're downsizing. And you don't know if you're going to have a job. And you're struggling already with the rent. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe your marriage isn't what you expected or where you want it to be. Maybe as you come to Christmas there will be an empty chair this year. And for whatever reason the person who was there is no longer there and you hadn't expected or anticipated that. It could be a health issue. It could be a financial issue. It could be any number of things. But you're disturbed and confused. You didn't think it would be this way. When you think about Mary, you realise she didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know what was coming. She didn't know that around three decades later, Jesus would be on the cross. That he would die and then God would raise him from the dead. The angels and the choirs would be out singing. That he would ascend to heaven to take his rightful place beside his father. She didn't know that. And you and I don't know what's going to happen in our particular situation or circumstance. She had a choice to make. Remember, you don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. And she had to make a choice between her dreams and God's destiny. She had to make a decision between her plans and what seemed to be God's purpose. She had to choose between her control and God's call. And what I love about Mary is this, that even although she didn't understand the plan, she trusted that God had a purpose. And she chose to surrender. But what's interesting to me is, there's no such thing as a partial surrender. You're either surrendered to Jesus, or you're not. You you can't say, oh, I'm 87.5% surrendered today. You know, like I, I trust in him to save my soul, but I, I still like to keep, you know, that, that unhelpful habit. I'm not getting rid of that one. Oh, oh yes, I, I, I'm surrendered to Jesus in as much as, you know, I I, I, I trust him to, to, to keep me safe and secure, just not with my money. I trust him to give me peace and, and, and comfort when I'm hurting, but I don't really trust him with the future of my children, because... Because they're my children. There's no such thing as partial surrender. What is our desire to control rooted in? Well, when I look at all the different areas of my life, I, I, and believe me, I, I'm also, I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to me as well. My desire to control is rooted, I think, in a lack of faith. The, the more I find myself trying to control, the more I overestimate my ability To control, And the more I underestimate the power and the goodness of God, it's not easy, I think, because everything in our culture says, you have to make it happen. If it's going to be, it's up to me. I've got to get in there. I've got to be strong. I've got to manipulate it. I've got to make things happen. But Jesus says something diametrically opposed to everything that our culture says. He says, if you cling to your life, in other words, if you constantly try to be in control, you're actually going to lose it. But instead, if you surrender your life to him, you'll find it. In other words, to fully follow Jesus is to surrender control. And it's not just a one-time decision. You know, those of us who are old enough can think, oh, yes, I, I, I did that in 1976. It's been fine since then. You know? It's an everyday And every day, giving up of control. When we look at Mary's surrender, what's so interesting is that every time she chose to surrender something, she eventually saw evidence of the faithfulness of God. If we think about it, she's had this message, you're going to get pregnant and it's going to be God. And she says, okay. Okay. And she surrenders knowing that she has somehow to tell Joseph. What does God do? Well, in advance of that, God sends an angel to Joseph to say, Mary's going to come with a funny story. (laughs) But it's true. You can trust her. She surrenders and she sees the faithfulness of God. And then people around the town, you know, they're kind of whispering, Oh, Mary, I saw our donkey over at her house at two o'clock in the morning. You know what that means. Hmm? Everybody's talking. The a scandal. What does God do? God confirms His Word to her relative Elizabeth. And she gains real comfort from that experience. Mary Nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey, looking for somewhere to stay. There's no Holiday in. There are no rooms. Of course, it's not ideal, but she trusts God, and He provides everything she needs. Shepherds then show up. Just imagine. You've got a brand new baby. You've no idea what you're doing with this baby. You've just given birth, and all these kind of weird guys turn up Saying we we want to worship your baby. I mean, really, you know, somehow somehow in our heads we, we can make everything all pretty and all nice and all and all perfect. Would you not at that point want to go just bog off right? Get away from me And yet there they are. They've turned up. And then you discover that the king is out to kill Oh, the boys. And you have to run to another country to save this child. The wise men show up with their gold frankincense and myrrh, what weird gifts. And yet we know that this, this symbolizes what's going to happen to Jesus and who he is. Jesus missing at the age of 12. Have you ever had a child go missing? We have. I wasn't there just putting that out there right? we have nobody Nobody realised as they left the house child follows never saw him people in the house think he's still there first lot get back no sign of child big panic into all the shops oh no where's the child where's the child no child what we do we'll phone the police Ach, I, he's here come up to the police station we've got him right? But but that moment of oh no, where is the child? And Mary and Joseph have that oh no moment, and they go back to where they had been. And where did they find them in the synagogue, <laughs> in worshiping and teaching and telling people about God? And maybe at that point they go oh I hang on a minute, Son of God. Maybe he should have thought that through. Then fast forward. Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. He is the son of God. He's in the garden of Gethsemane and he is in agony knowing what's about to happen. And he cries out to his father, father, daddy. And he says, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, don't make me go through this. But what happens is he uses the same word in Greek that Mary used when she said, Whatever you say, your will be done. I can you imagine what it was like for Mary to stand there watching Jesus on the cross torn to bits, covered in blood, people shouting at him and abusing him and spitting and all sorts. Jesus could have acted. He could have come down. He could have done all that. But he chose rather to surrender. So what is it that you are trying to control that God wants you to surrender? I can't force you to do that. But I want to create an opportunity where perhaps God could do something special in your life. If there's a burden on your heart, and I don't know what that might be. It could be a relationship. It could be your marriage. It could be a child that you're aching for. It could be a bad diagnosis. It could be financial weight that's crushing you. It could be a fear. It could be a hurt because of something that's happened to you or something that you've lost. It could be an addiction that you just can't seem to beat. It could be guilt that you're carrying for something that you did and can't undo. Whatever it is, if you would be willing, I want to invite you to give Jesus the burden of whatever it is that you are carrying and trying to control. First Peter at 5 verse 7 says that we are to cast your cares, all of your worries and all of your anxieties, onto Jesus. Because he cares for you. In the story, the angel, in speaking to Mary, says the Lord is with you. He's with you. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, Still Emmanuel, still today, God with you and me. And I hope that today you will feel his presence, perhaps as never before. There is a spiritual responsibility that I feel as your minister. And during the week, I pray and ask God to speak through me as we come to worship and I pray before we share at God's word, because I want you to find life in Christ. But here's what I was reminded in preparing for today. I have no control over that. I would love it if I could simply talk you into it. If I could preach in a really powerful way that would help you to say yes to Jesus but that's not up to me. And so, this week, I chose rather to say, you do what you do to God. You speak, you act, you work. Surrendering myself and you into God's hands. Because you can do much more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. The thing that is on your heart is always better in His hand. And so when we realize that we can't control our circumstance. Our situation, or other people, that we can't force it, we can't make it happen. We simply have to go to God and say, here you are. I surrender to you. So today, I hope it's as if I'm setting the table, and my prayer is that you want to feast on the goodness of God. You don't always have the power to control but you do always have the power to surrender. And I promise you that God can do much more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. So let's pray together. Our Father, we, if we are honest, have to acknowledge that there are, there are lots of things that we want to control. But equally, we know there are things that we simply cannot control. And for those things that, you know, we've been holding on to and trying so hard to to work out and to control and to keep on top of, Father, will you, as as we just sit, will you highlight those things in our heads? Those things that you say, just give me that. Just give me that. Just just hand over that one. Because I am with you. And then, Father, give us the, the strength to say, yes, here it is. I surrender to you. And, oh, Father, we thank you that when we surrender to you, it doesn't make things worse. It actually makes things better. That we can trust you because your word says we can trust you. And that's been our experience. Why are we so slow to learn that? And so, Father, for all of those things that have been given to you today, we pray that you will respond with a sense of your presence and your peace, the assurance of your goodness, your love, your mercy, and your faithfulness in our lives. Amen.